Every human being will die, every bird will die, every plant will die, every fish will die, every mammal will die, every reptile will die, every angel will die, every jinn will die, whatever has life. Kullu nafsi, ra'iqatul mawt. Every single thing which is alive will die. Allah did not say everything which is alive will live for a certain number of years. There is no certainty about that. Allah did not say everyone who is born will have a certain kind of life. Allah did not say they will be healthy, Allah did not say they will be sick, Allah did not say they will be wealthy or they will be poor or they will have power or they will not have power and this and that. There is no certainty about anything in life except one thing and that is death. So that is the first and foremost thing to for us to for me and for you to remember and to remind ourselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised this and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised comes true. There is no doubt about the uh, promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said is وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah said that and only on the day of judgment, on the day of resurrection, will you be paid your recompense, will you be paid your reward in full. So whatever good or evil that one may do in life, one may get some part of that reward in this life. There is no doubt about that. It does not mean that in this life there is no reward. There is some reward. Anything good or anything evil, there will be something. You smile at somebody, he smiles back at you. So you did something good, you got something back. But the same thing has a corresponding effect on the Day of Judgment. Rasulullah said to smile at a person in sadaqah. Which means that it is something which will give us a good deed on the Day of Judgment. And what is the value of a good deed on the day of judgment? One good deed, what is the, what is the actual value? The difference between Jannah and Jahannam. One deed. So there is a effect in the dunya, but the actual effect on the day of judgment is much more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that your recompense, your reward for whatever you did in this life, the full recompense, the full reward you will get in Jannah. And the third point Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made in this ayah is وَمَنْ زُحْزِحَا عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاسِ 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a mayar. He gave us a criterion of judgment. If I want to say or see for myself, am I a successful person or am I a failure? What is the criterion? Allah did not say, you are a successful person if you make a million dollars, you are a failure if you, if you fail to make a million dollars. He did not say you are a successful person if you have a happy marriage and you are not a successful person. On the, on the contrary, he did not say you are successful if you have power, political power, authority. You are not successful if you do not have that. None of those criteria. What did he say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَنْ زُحْزِيَا عَنِ The one who has been freed from the hellfire. وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ and has been granted entry into Jannah. Fakad, which is the same word we use in Urdu, Fakad, Faz. In the Quran, success has been, two words have been used for success. Falah and Faz. In many places, Muflihun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used this word Muflihun, those people who are successful. Falah is applied in the Arabic language, Falah means success, which is temporary. For example, you, your children pass a 10th class exam, is he successful? Yes. And if you say, well, you know, you pass, you are successful forever. Is it forever? No, it's not forever. Now you got a 12th class exam. You pass that, alhamdulillah, very good. After that, you got the graduation, then you got the post-graduation, then something else, something else. So, fala is success, but which is temporary. Alhamdulillah, good thing, got the success, but the tests are not finished. There are more tests to come. But false, al-false will jannah. False is in Jannah, which is false is the final success after which there is no test. Complete freedom from any test. So what did Allah The one who has been freed from the hellfire and who has been entered into Jannah, only this person is successful and that person is permanently successful. After that there is no test. There is no chance of failure. The person is permanently successful, inshallah. And the fourth point which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made in this ayat of Karima is to remind us about this life. The ayat begins with this life. This life. Remember that one day you will die. And the last part of the ayah comes back to the same life where Allah said, Inna hayatu dunya illa mata'un Allah said, Verily and truly. The life of this world is deception. The power you have is deception. The wealth you have is deception. The health you have is deception. The strength you have is deception. The weakness you have is deception. The sickness you have is deception. Your age is a deception. Your youth is a deception. Your relationships are deception. Every single thing in this life is a deception. What does it mean? It means that it is not real in the context of what it pretends to be. It does not mean that, you know, you, you, you have a house and the house is not real. Of course, it is real. But what is that house? Is this a sign of your success? Not necessarily. If that house was built with halal income, and if this house is engaged in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you are doing good in this house, then inshallah this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if the house is built with haram income, if you swallowed somebody's property, you, uh, you know, you, you build this house illegally, uh, and in this house you are doing things which are illegal, and you are oppressing people and so on, then this house is not success, this house is a means of your failure. And this applies across the board to everything in this life, 
इन द मलाया तो दुनिया इल्ला बताओ गुरु क्विक रिकैप स्टार्ट विद टॉकिंग अबाउट द ओनली सर्टेनिटी इन दिस लाइफ व्हिच इज डेथ अल्लाह से रिमेंबर योर डेथ रसूल अल्लाह सल्लल्लाहु अलैहि वसल्लम सेड द मोस्ट इंटेलिजेंट अमंग यू इज द वन हु रिमेंबर्स हिज डेथ मोस्ट ऑफ्टन इन इस्लाम देयर इज नथिंग अशुभ अबाउट टॉकिंग अबाउट डेथ यू नो मेनी टाइम्स यू टॉक टू आई टॉक टू मेरे माय हिंदू फ्रेंड्स इज असमंत बोल दिए वेरी बैड सो व्हाट इज दैट What is that? For example, I sometimes say, "This will be here tomorrow." I say, "If I'm alive, inshallah." Arey, arey, yaar, why don't say like this? Don't say like this. Kemaane kya? Today, Alhamdulillah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has shown us an actual example of how how much of a figment of imagination this dunya is. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala grant our sister Jannat al-Firdaus to Allah be very hisab. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala give her, make her cover among the. Gardens of Jannah and fill it with His glory, Insha Allah. She had a beautiful death, a death which we can envy really, because she died reciting Quran. What more can you, what more can anybody ask, right? And she died without a single minute's sickness or no pain and no suffering and no ICU and no ventilator and and no surgery and you know not, nothing. Very smoothly and quietly reciting Quran, she passed away. Alhamdulillah. But the point is this: I met her two days back. Her family met her this morning. She was absolutely fine. The life of this world is a deception. Did she know that I will not see this afternoon? Did the family know that she will not see this? Did we know that she will not see this afternoon? But it happened. It happened, and many people they are saying to me, and I am saying to them, "Azad, ye oje eko kara, kya kara tum bolte?" Many people are saying, "Arey, kal tak achhe the na?" Until yesterday, she was fine. She was fine even until today morning. One day, you are going to say the same thing about me. Kal tak achhe the na? This is going to happen to all of us. One day we will go, and the reason I am mentioning this is to remind myself more than everybody else. Alhamdulillah, Bismillah, Itara. It is a sign of the goodness of people that when they die, people come to remember them, people come to make dua for them. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when uh, these people gather and they make dua, Allah will forgive the person who has passed away. Inshallah. So make a lot of dua for her. Inshallah, may Allah accept your dua. And when your time comes and my time comes, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala also give us like this, where our friends and well-wishers will come and gather and they will make dua for us for our nafirat inshallah. So inshallah, this is a very good sign. But the reason I'm saying this is to remind myself and all of you, Alhamdulillah, you are here in the house of Allah. Let us not forget the only reality that there is in this life. Today we are living in a world which is a world of deception par excellence. It's a world which is based on consumerism. It's a world which is based on brand building. It's a world which is based on creating brand value. What is brand value? Brand value is deception. As simple as that. Why, for example, tell me why? Which is the most today? I mean, I, I give it a these things change or, or you know periodically. But uh, last time I checked, which is the most valuable brand in the world today? Coke. What is Coke? Sugar, 
and water and color and it has some secret ingredient which only Allah knows and the people are putting it in their nose. Legally, all ingredients are supposed to be shown on the on the label of a, any product. For Coke and Pepsi, that, that rule is not applied. Why? But we drink it. Although, as a Muslim, to drink something or eat something which you don't know, you should never do it because you don't know what you are drinking. So how do you drink it? Is it halal? Is it haram? We don't know that. But we drink it. Now tell me, why is something like this? Why is colored sugar water the most valuable brand in the world? This is a clear sign of deception of this life. Right? I teach brand building. I don't know how many of you know me, but I, this is what I teach. Right? I teach in business schools. So I am talking from my, I am taking off this hat and putting my business hat and I am talking from my, from my uh, business uh, management expertise. Brand building is deception. But we are all in the same trap. We are taught this thing. Your shirt is a, is a uh, expression of you. Huh? Your pen shows who you are. How come nobody says your character shows who you are? How come nobody shows your manners say who you are? That is what we should say, no? How you talk to somebody shows who you are. I was telling uh, Rafi Bhai today, just now, that I said your son, Alhamdulillah, Ismail, is a reflection of the kind of parents he has. Nobody has to tell me that his parents are good people and his mother was a wonderful lady. But you don't have to say, because you look at the, you look at the son, and you see somebody who always has a smile on his face, somebody with beautiful manners, beautiful other, you say, mashallah, parents must be good people. Allah, does, Allah produces uh, Musa in the house of Firam, you know this, but that's not, the, that's not the rule. The rule is that good parents who bring up their children properly have good children. So how come we, we are not told that your character defines you, your manners define you, your integrity defines you, your truthfulness defines you. Whether you are a man or woman of your word defines you. Your shirt doesn't define you. Your pen doesn't define you. Your watch doesn't define you. The kind of car you drive doesn't define you. But is this the message that we get in, in, in our life today? We get the opposite message. And we reinforce that opposite message. Your children say, I want this particular t-shirt. You don't tell me, why do you want a t-shirt? What does Tommy Hilfiger's name on the t-shirt do for you? If I ask you, will you pay me to advertise my brand, you will tell me, are you mad, are you crazy? And why would I pay you to advertise your brand? If you want to advertise your brand, you should pay me. Isn't that logic? Tell me. That's logic, right? I mean, I want my brand to be advertised. And I want you to do that for me. So who must pay whom? So what are you doing? When you are, when you are wearing a Tommy Hilfiger shirt, who, whose brand are you advertising? Who paid for that? Tommy Hilfiger is paying you? If Tommy Hilfiger is paying you, all power to you. When you are wearing a Ferrari shirt, who's, who, who are you? I mean, most, most people who wear a Ferrari shirt, that's all, that is the closest they will ever get to a Ferrari, believe me. But the <laughs> But they're wearing, this, they're wearing the, the Ferrari shirt. For what? You think it adds value to you? What kind of, what kind of 
what kind of self concept is it what kind of self esteem is it that a piece of cloth adds value to you as a human being this is the meaning of deception in his life and that's what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying allah is saying get out of this, this is nonsense <coughs> get out of this the reality is what we take with us our sister passed away <coughs> today is anybody asking how much jewelry did she have how much property was in her name is anyone concerned with that <coughs> if you could ask her would she be concerned with that now what will she be concerned about now her deeds inshallah mustaan the way she died is bashara it is a good news and glad tidings for her future with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alhamdulillah abdullah bin masur radhiyallahu said all successful people are dead so we ask him what kind of a statement is that how do you say all successful people are dead he says because only the one who led a good life and died on iman who died with tawhid who died on la ilaha illallah only that person is successful so he is dead anyone who is alive he said there is no guarantee about his success we don't know the person may be a hugely successful person maybe a great alim maybe a brick sheikh and so on and so forth but who knows towards the end of his life he may completely do a somersault and convert and and, and become a mushrik or god knows what and you know leave uh, allah subhanahu wa taala uh, go commit murder or something and he dies without iman he dies unsuccessful nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said <coughs> he said that your deeds are based on your intention which is the first hadith umar bin khattab radhiyallahu uh, is the narrator of the hadith inna ma amalu bin niyat but he also said sallallahu alaihi wasallam innamal amalu bil khawatib he said your deeds are based on their ending you must start off fine but if you don't end fine then your deeds are worthless so that's why abdullah bin masud radhiyallahu said all successful people are dead the issue is now our sister passed away inshallah we ask allah subhanahu wa taala to make her successful and we inshallah we hope that she will be successful but my point is what is important for her today the deeds that she did whatever i have heard anjali she did good things she was helpful she was hospitable she brought up brought up children her children very well she served her husband very well her family was very happy with her and so on and so forth um she is successful inshallah but what about me what about me pani bhai what is the guarantee and that is why we have to ask ourselves we have to ask ourselves the same question is what about me what am i doing with my life this is the purpose of coming to a janaza rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this was his sunnah what i am doing now and what you are doing now is you follow the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam before a janaza used to address people and people would listen to him and he would remind them of these things which i am reminding you today may allah subhanahu wa taala grant both of us all of us the sawab of following the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to do this remind people and say one day you and i are every single one of us is going to be in the same place as the person who passed away our body will also be washed and it will be shrouded and it will be brought and kept and then the people will make the salat al janaza is not salat as in 
worship. We are not worshiping the janata. Salatul janata, the word salat is used in the, in the meaning of dua. So it is a dua for the janata, dua vakvarat which we will make for the janata. That is going to happen for every single one of us, whether we like it or not, we accept it or not. One day this is going to happen. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to remind people and say, prepare for that day. And that's why I mentioned earlier, he said, the most intelligent one of you is the one who remembers his death more often. What does it mean? It doesn't mean become morbid. Right? Doesn't mean become morbid and, 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 and sit in depression somewhere. No. It means that remember that one day I will die and when I die, it is my actions which will go with me. So when I am earning wealth, let me earn wealth in a way where this wealth is a blessing for me. When I am spending wealth, let me spend wealth in a way where that is a blessing for me. If I am speaking to people, let me speak to people in a way which is a blessing for me. If I am running my business, let me run my business, deal with my customers, deal with my employees, deal with the government, deal with agencies in a way which is a blessing for me. Let me not fudge taxes, let me not deceive people, let me not give bribes, let me do what I am supposed to do as a Muslim because this is what I have been ordered. So that my business becomes a means of earning Jannah for me. That is the meaning of remembering death. Remembering death means if I die now, what will happen? Rasulullah said, you will be resurrected in the state in which you die. So for our sister, inshallah, when she is resurrected on the day of judgment, she will be resurrected reciting Quran. Alhamdulillah. But if you get angry at somebody and you, you know, become apoplectic and you start foaming at the mouth and you are cursing the man and you have a stroke and you drop dead, that is how you are going to be resurrected on the day of judgment, cursing. If you die in a state where you are indulging in some haram, you will be resurrected in, a, in that state, indulging in that haram on the day of judgment, and that will be visible to everybody on the earth who is gathered over there. What is the level of shame in that? Remember, if we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cover us and to cover our faults and so on, and to, and to save us from the shame. But this is, what, this is the reason why every single incident in our life, we should ask this question, what if I die now? What if I die now? Alhamdulillah, if I die now, I die talking about the greatness of Allah in the house of Allah. All of you are here to make dua for me. Alhamdulillah. But if I am not sitting here, I am doing something else. And if I die in that state, then what? And that's the reason to ensure that we always do the right things. And not get sidetracked here and there by all kinds of things that people say and fall into places where we should not be. Final point to close. Islam has prescribed for us what to do in every situation. What to do when a child is born, what to do when we get married, what to do in case there is a reason for divorce, how that is to be done, what to do when a person dies, all of this. What to do when you are happy, what to do when you are sad. In Islam, everything has been defined and everything has boundaries. For example, in Islam, if I am tremendously, absolutely, brilliantly, greatly happy, I am not allowed to go screaming and running in the streets. I am not allowed to go and get, you know, royally drunk somewhere because I am so happy. No. I am supposed to make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do we do at the end of Ramadan? I am a happiness because we spend the whole month fasting and so on, inshallah. May Allah grant us all Ramadan in good health, inshallah. It's a month away. So you have spent this whole month in the Ibayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously you are very happy at the 
Eid al-Fitr, what do we do? We make two rakat of salah and we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us Ramadan. We thank Allah for giving us something which is, which is good. We are very happy. When we are very sad, instance like this, when somebody beloved has passed away, what do you do? You don't tear your clothes and throw mud on your face and scream and cry and, you know, make long bayan. No. You behave with dignity. You behave with self-control. And you make dua for the person who has passed away. You make dua for the people who are behind that Allah must give them sabr and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must support their hearts. Islam has defined these things. So for a janaza, the defined prescribed method according to the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that after a person dies, the body should be washed and then it should be shrouded in the kafan and then the uh, salatul janaza should be prayed, meaning the dua for janaza is done and then the body is buried. Right? This is the method. Thereafter, Thereafter, you can, for the rest of your life, make a lot of dua for them. For Sahabul Jariya, any ibadah which is mali in nature, meaning any ibadah which requires the spending of wealth. You can make, make hajj for the person who died. You can make umrah for the person who died. You can give charity for the person who died. You can uh, feed people for the person who died. You can build a masjid for a person who died. But can you recite Quran for the person who died? No, there is no dalil for this. If you recite Quran, that is for you. Alhamdulillah, good deed. You can recite Quran and make dua for the person who died. The person gets the benefit of the dua, but your recitation of Quran is for you. Because there is no wealth involved in that. Now this recitation of the Quran, should it be done on the day the person dies, should it be done on the second day, or the third day, or the seventh day, or the twentieth day, or the thirty-first day, is there a, is there a framework for this? No. Did Nabi Sallallahu do it for his, his daughters, all his children except for Fatima Radhiallahu they all died before, in, in, in his uh, lifetime. What did he do when they died? He did exactly what I told you. He had them washed, shrouded, he prayed Salatul Janaza for them, and he buried them. And he made dua for them all his life. This business of specifying a third day or a this day or a that day for this is ziyarat, this is chahalum, that is barsi, all of these are social customs. They have nothing to do with Islam. They have nothing to do with the sunnah of Rasulullah Please don't do things like this because you are not causing any benefit to the person who passed away. You are putting yourself in sin for no reason. And this is how shaitan actually deceives good people because you will not do something which is haram. You will not go and get drunk somewhere. So there is no point in trying to tell you to do that. So what shaitan does is he takes an ibadah and he converts it into a form which makes that ibadah a musiba for you. Please understand in the sharia, as far as ibadat are concerned, as far as worship is concerned, the usul of the sharia is, we do what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did, nothing more, nothing less. This is the principle. So if I tell you, no, no, that's right, I agree, but you know, my sheikh taught me this. Is your sheikh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? No, obviously not, I am living in the 20th century. Nabi sallallahu passed away in the 7th century. Then your sheikh has no... Religious validity as far as Islam is concerned. If your Sheikh taught you something which the Prophet did not do, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive your Sheikh, he was wrong. Make dua for his forgiveness, inshallah, may Allah forgive him. But don't follow that. 
Follow what Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam did because you cannot go wrong. With anybody else, there is a chance of going wrong. Follow what Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam did. What did he do? He did this. So don't sit on on the third day or something and everybody gathers together and we are doing Quran khani and we are reading Quran and passing out sibaras around and making that. Don't do all that. By all means, do it every single day. No problem. Do it every single day. Alhamdulillah. But no, don't make a specific day for doing this thing. This is not permissible in Islam. What Allah has made without boundaries, we are not permitted to put that into boundaries. What Allah has put boundaries for, we are not allowed to change that. For example, in the in the salah, which inshallah in a few minutes we will pray salah to Nisha. How many sajda will you do in each rakat? How many? Each rakat, how many sajda? Two, right? So I said, no, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I, I disagree with you, right? I love Allah too much. I mean, this is, uh, you don't even know how much I love Allah, right? My heart, my whole body is filled with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two sajda, not enough for me. I want to do twenty sajda. In my salah, valid? Even though my niyat is, you know, mashallah, beautiful niyat, I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if I make more than two sujood, is my salah valid? No, I said, no, you are an extremist. Now, what kind of thing is this? I am doing it for the good. You know, my intention is good. I want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are an extremist. Are you an extremist or are you speaking the truth? Because the had, how did we get two sajda from there? Did your shaykh tell you? No, who told you? Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us. He said, sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Pray as you have seen me pray. How did we see him pray? Two sajda per rakat, one ruku per rakat. Salah stand, starts in khayam. Even though he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said you are closest to your Rabb in sujood. Uh, you might argue and say, if I am closest to my Rabb in sujood, why do I start Salah in a place where I, where I am furthest away? It's not a question of what makes sense or what doesn't make sense. He said, do like I have done. Khalas. Same principle applies to every single thing in life. How will you talk to your wife? The way Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa spoke to his wife. How will you treat your children? The way he taught, he treated his children. If you become the king of a country, how will you run the country? The way he ran his country. If you, if you are a businessman, how will you do business? The way he did business. So the example of Salah in Islam is given as a meter for us to measure our entire life. In Islam, Salah is not a ritual to be performed in a temple or in a masjid and that's the end of the story. After that, I am the Basha, I am the king, my life is mine, I run it anyway, I like, no, 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 sorry, it doesn't work like that. Salah begins outside the masjid. Masjid is only to remind me what I must do. When I go outside the masjid, what must I do? The same thing. What were you doing here? You were following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore, in the rest of your life, follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the same thing here also, inshallah al-mustahan, my advice to you is, we pray salat, we pray isha, inshallah, we pray salat al-janaza, in the salat al-janaza you will make the, make the dua for uh, our sister who passed away, after that they will take her to the barqat, uh, to, the, to the burial ground and then she will be buried and make, uh, make a lot of dua, alhamdulillah, and continue to make dua for her all your life. Do good things for her, give sadaqat, when you go for hajj, make hajj. Those of you who have completed your own hajj, you, if you would like to make hajj badal for her, most welcome, please do that. Go make umrah for her, make dua for her, uh, you know, dedicate property, waqa, whatever you like, right? But please do not sit on the third day and say, this is a ziyarat. 
Don't sit on the phone some, some particular day and say, don't do this. Please do not, do not introduce stuff into the deen which is not there. Rasulullah said the hadith every single Jummah and every Qubba you hear this hadith. Asdaqul hadithi kitab Allah wa khairul hadith hadith Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sharrul umuri mudathatuha wa kulla mudathatin bida wa kulla bidaatin dalala wa kulla dalalatin finna. He said the best and the true, most truthful speech is the Kitab of Allah. The best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said the problem and the fitra and the musibat are the innovations. He said every single innovation is misguidance and every misguidance is in the empire. So let us not introduce things. This deen is complete. It was completed by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was completed on Rasulullah sallallahu This is not my claim. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmantu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-islama deena. Allah said on this day we have completed the religion. We have completed our blessing on you and chosen Islam for you. Allah did not say we have done all that except for one or two things which later on people can fill up. Did Allah say this? He didn't say this. Everything is complete. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given a complete religion and it is our aqidah that he did his job to a level of excellence and he communicated everything without hiding anything, without changing anything, without holding anything back. So now if somebody comes along and says, this is what we should do, then that person is actually casting aspersions on the integrity of the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. By his speech or action, he is saying that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not complete this and I am now completing that. I don't want to make a fatwa. You know what that means. I don't have to tell you. So please don't fall into this stuff. What the, what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did is complete and total. And therefore, we follow that. We do not follow anything else. And if you say, well, you know, this is the custom in this place for a thousand years, no problem. You be the person to stop that custom in your own life. Absolutely no problem. I'm not saying you have to curse the people who did it. No need. They draw makhfara for them. Alhamdulillah, maybe they did it without knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them. The forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more than anything else. No problem about that. But we have knowledge now. Let us not use this knowledge and then do something which is wrong. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to bless all of you. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sister and grant her jannatul firdaus with Allah bihari isab. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give a lot of sabr to Rafi bhai. Make a lot of dua for him. What a shock for the man. Wallahi, I tell you, I, my heart goes out to him. He, he, he didn't imagine it. He told me today, ek din ya ek raj bhi hama kele ne rebel. He said, my whole life, from the, his married life, he said, I did not even spend one day or one night away from this lady. And today suddenly she is gone forever. So I told him, I said, Rafi bhai, there are two choices in life. Either you have happiness all your married life and you have pain at parting, or you have a marriage where you have pain all your life and then at parting there is no pain, which is the one you want. And that is the, that is the reality of life. May Allah give all of you very good, happy marriages, inshallah, and the time for parting will always come. And when that come, when that time comes, whoever is left by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them a lot of sabr and a lot of patience, inshallah, because this is the khudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are the, the, we are the, the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is His right. We came here because of His hukum. We go back because of His hukum. Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi rajiun.
اولائک علیہم صلوات من ربہم و رحمہ و اولائک ہم المحتدون اللہ سے دوست پیپل اس سے دیس انہا لیلہ و انہا لیلہ راجعون یہ فرم اللہ بھی گوڑا کیوں اللہ سے دیس آر دا گائیڈیڈ پیپل آن دیم اللہ سینس دیر اور سینس ہی سلام صلوات من ربہم و رحمہ اور دا رحمہ آف اللہ سبحانہ وتعالی کمز آن دوست پیپل سے لیٹس آل سے انہا لیلہ و انہا لیلہ راجعون اور صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم